you ready to start? Oh, yes. Hello. <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm sorry wow. when you when you kicked off the recording and you know like zoom goes recording in progress are you okay with it and i was trying to find the okay button so oh we wait it has you okay with okay and like it, it asked for my permission basically to record i've never had that come up before well maybe i have a newer version i don't know yeah i was gonna say what kind of zoom do you have I, again, I don't know. <laughs> I'm tell right. you. So today's episode is about Zoom. <laughs> see what we can talk about. No, hello, hello, listeners. Welcome back to It's a Wonderful Movie and other things. I'm Sada, joined by the always lively and colorful Jana. Jana, how are you doing? How how is doing, life? Life is good. You know, back in the office. Life is busy. It's been a busy summer, and there's no sign of it slowing down. there's honestly too much going on yeah we missed last week because you know family well first of all um sada was tired i think and then i never followed up about recording and then family came unexpectedly and they don't listen to the podcast i i I can say that but it kind of got in the way but we're back we're back not leave again Yes. So today we're going to talk about some reality TV stuff. What's going on in the world of reality TV and how does that world intersect with criminal behavior? (laughs) Unfortunately, our legal expert for this episode is unexpectedly out of the country. So we're going to have to do this without any legal expertise. Dealing with our own legal crises abroad. Yeah, exactly. But before we get to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane, Erica Girardi, Tom Girardi, etc. Let's talk about The Bachelorette. Just had a finale. Mm-hmm. Just wrapped up another wonderful season of television. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the season? Did you even watch the whole thing? Not really. So I went into the season going, I'm not going to watch. I am. I have a moral compass. And then I talked to you and you were watching. And I was like, well, Sada doesn't have a moral compass. Why should I? I know, right? Oh, God. I thought we were in agreement. You know, I stood my ground for the first three weeks. And then I just started putting it on as background noise. But I was still listening to, like, the podcast because, you know, you need entertainment when you're working out or working. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't have TV on at work, so I have yeah. to do something. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I had it on in the background. But then the last two episodes... I paid a lot of attention mm-hmm. and I rewatched parts of it. Yeah. Two things here. Uh, One, you listen to podcasts when you work out? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes wow. I want the entertainment. <laughs> you don't feel like it's too s- slow of a tempo to listen to talking? No, if anything, it keeps me, it, it keeps me from getting bored. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. God forbid you're bored for a few minutes out of the day. Well, you know, in COVID, you had to learn to work out on your own and your own thoughts and stuff. So it's not like I was going to classes That's where true. they were talking to me and keeping me entertained. So your thoughts must be a pretty scary place, huh? <laughs> <laughs> must be a lot going on up there. That's I always thought there wasn't episode. much going on. <laughs> That's a different podcast episode. Next week, we'll talk about just Jenna's thoughts. <laughs> we'll have you write down everything you thought during the week and then you'll just read them off during the I'll podcast. I'll never get anything done. Oh, Jen. Okay. So well, it's okay. So second question for you, what does morality have to do with The Bachelor? Explain what you mean by that. Excellent question. Well, as we've seen throughout the years, The Bachelor does not handle race well, right? Misogyny, uh, all these different problems, the LGBTQ plus community, not really necessarily handled right. Um, and then, you know, over the summer, especially we saw things implode between uh, Dark Lord Harrison and, <laughs> and Rachel Lindsay, you know, and the, she was interviewing him. There was a contestant on a past season. We've kind of touched on this before mm-hmm. where she had attended um, a Confederate ball, right? A reenactment yeah. basically. And then um, he went on there defending her, you know, telling the first black bachelorette who now works as extra as a journalist, telling her, was this bad in 2018 or is it Mm -hmm. bad now in 2021 as if we've you know all just realized racism is a thing so that happened they had no idea you know production had no idea how to protect their first black lead exploiting all different kinds of you know 
um, you know, the things in his life to create a storyline, to create an interesting, dramatic narrative. So I was kind of done and, you know, seeing all of these things, I was just kind of over it mm-hmm. and how it's all so fabricated and everyone's going on for fame and whatnot. Um, still finding it entertaining, but I was just done with this current generation of The Bachelor. It, this current generation is tough. And what's so ironic is this is our generation. It's yeah. like we can't stand our peers in a lot of ways. You know, we're so above them, huh? <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, but I was, um, you know, listening to podcasts and stuff that were reviewing what happened. So basically the last two episodes of this season finale, which made it interesting, this is Katie's season of The Bachelorette. She basically had, we'll say, two guys in the top three that were real contenders, Blake and Greg. And we all thought it was going Greg's way. And then they kind of had this huge argument on television. And he was like very condescending, very irritable. Some people called it gaslighting. Some said he was emotionally abusive. I don't know if it's fair to call some guy abusive after seeing him for a few minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. television. He leaves. And then the finale, what was interesting about the finale is that she gets to see him again and they have some sort of confrontation. What's fascinating, though, is this finale, this after the final rose is normally live. It happens in real time as the finale is airing for all of America. This one was pre-recorded because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So she went into this conversation and she was using like terminology that we've been using the past week after no, that penultimate was, episode aired. It was recorded that that uh, after the final rose was recorded two to, two to like three weeks ago. Yeah, no, so that's what so I'm it was saying. Before I'm saying, they saw our reaction. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying, what's interesting mm-hmm. is this woman, mm-hmm. Katie, is using terminology that we've seen this past week after the penultimate episode, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone was calling Greg X, Y, and Z after their argument. And she was like using that terminology, even though she recorded a couple weeks before that fight yeah. aired. So I'm just like fascinated by like how that conversation unfolded, given that they didn't have the public input at the time. And it felt very much like the worst part of the show. It was similar to the Becca and Ari breakup Mm -hmm. where you're just kind of cringing at your screen or even the Rachel and Peter conversation in the after the final rose. Yeah. And it's this part of The Bachelor where it's like, (sighs) I don't know. There's something about it that's so cringeworthy, but not like a fun cringeworthy. You know, you can't can't not look. Yeah. And it's, it's like watching a, a car accident, you know, mm-hmm. but there's no it's not like watching like another reality TV show where there's it's not like watching the housewives have an argument where you can get enjoyment, you know, and mm-hmm. go like these women are ridiculous. There's something very exploitative about the cringeworthy moments on The Bachelor that really make you question, like you said, your morality as a viewer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even like the Greg and Katie stuff when they're going back to back at each other, back and forth on the after the final rows. I'm like looking at it, I'm like, there's no winner in these arguments. They both just come across like losers. Like it's just, ugh, you know, I mean, in a, I, I for me in that conversation after the final rows, Greg came off more like a winner. Yeah, and I don't want to say, you know, you don't want to call a woman crazy, but Katie just really <laughs> kind of like it. it I didn't like what I was seeing on screen, but I've, I, it's not, I never went into this season going, I like Katie. I'm rooting for Katie. Like, mm-hmm. I think she's the, she's the bachelorette that I wanted. I'm really excited to see Michelle on our screens. Yeah. I, I, the few moments we saw of her in Matt's season, I thought she seemed great, but Katie always made me feel like there was kind of like an agenda in her mind, yes. not even to become the bachelorette. Right. But to always be like, I'm the woke queen. I'm the sex positive queen. I'm all of this. I'm the quintessential American, you know, uh, like white woman of our generation. Right. Yeah. Like I, I support race, you know, I like fight against racism, uh, you know, equal rights. I'm sex positive. I'm, I free, I speak my mind, all of that, which we all like are things we're all fighting for, but it just seems so much more, um, what's the word it was, um, there's something much more calculated. It. Yeah, it was yeah. much more calculated, disingenuous. And I it's I just didn't buy it. Like she just kind of had all these things memorized, right? Like yes. lines ready to drop. And it that that just kind of bothered us, you know. So before we get into the Greg conversation, that's just kind of my opinion of Katie, but it didn't mm-hmm. influence my, you know, view of the conversation, you know, the argument that went down between her and Greg. Yeah. 
I agree. There's something about her which I feel badly about because I don't think she's done anything for mm-hmm. me to kind of dislike her the way that I do. She like seems to want to have a Caitlin Bristow quality without having like the Caitlin Bristow charisma. I feel if that mm-hmm. makes sense or the yeah. authenticity. It's like this is clearly she's clearly someone who's watched the show for a very long time. We're in the mm-hmm. influencer era. I heard this quote the other day that described her well, that she's like just completely bought into the bachelor industrial complex. Like she's uh, happy to be a cog in that machine, you know? Yeah. And so there's something about her where she always comes off like an HR representative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't love her either. I don't think a lot of people really loved her. And I don't know. I think they liked her before they started seeing her on their screens and like, you know, witnessing her in interviews. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. which was interesting because a lot of the girls in Matt season didn't really like her either. Yeah. They never seem to, she's not like part of that crew. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. That's also kind of like, uh, I just, where does the show go from here? This is like another season in a row where it's been kind of a dud, like the Hannah Brown season feels so long ago, even though it wasn't, that was probably the last like really good season of the bachelor, you know? And we're just yeah. kind of like, I just don't know. Have we out, have we out, gr- have we grown out of the need for something like The Bachelor? Because it's not, there's not an issue with the reality dating television shows. You have Love Island, you have Too Hot to Handle, et cetera. Those shows do very well. But is it The Bachelor specifically? Is it just outdated? It's too old fashioned. Maybe, but is it how fashioned? Maybe that's, well, they keep trying to push it into a modern direction, but maybe this format just doesn't work anymore. Everyone's coming on with an agenda to be famous. Mm-hmm. You don't know. I think the the real moments of Katie that we saw actually was her breakdown with Greg, not yeah. not on after the final rose and that conversation, you know, when they were fighting um, during the season. To be she, fair, that's when I liked her the most. I feel that's when I liked her the most. And it was really yeah. sad because she was just like looking at him and like this tear fell down her face. Like she didn't know mm-hmm. what to say. She was stuttering. And then what I really liked was she was like, I was just trying to listen. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like I keep going back, but I was trying to be a listener for you in that moment. But that, mm-hmm. Anyways, aside from that, yeah, that was one of the real moments that I thought. But yeah, maybe this. Um, I don't know, but all of the other shows it's all the same kind of thing, right? Like people are going on to be famous, all the other dating shows. I know. So what is it about the bachelor that's outdated? Exactly. Not working anymore. I don't know what it is, but it feels like we're reaching the end of the line. Maybe bachelor in paradise is the more successful, uh, successful franchise. I think it is. It's, it's the more interesting TV show. They seem to have really understood like the bachelor also needs to learn to make fun of itself. You know, it's very self-serious, even though people watch it mainly to make fun of it. (laughs) The Bachelor in Paradise works because it's like, yeah, it's a collection of influencers on the beach. But they're people who are all very oblivious, you know, and they're like, don't have a lot of self-respect. It seems like they know that they're influencers. There's more of like a parody, a satire aspect to Bachelor in Paradise, which I think contributes to its success, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Katie, Greg and Blake, do you think she would have chosen Blake? If Greg had stayed, that's that's something that I I wonder. I I I get confused about this, right? Because we see her refusing to tell Greg she loved him, mm-hmm. but then and that's you know claiming like, oh, I'm I'm saving it for the end. These are my boundaries, blah blah blah. But then as soon as Greg leaves, we see her telling Blake she loves him. Yes. So I go. It's either one of two ways, right? Did she really love Blake that she was only ever going to tell him? Or did she go, oh, my God, the guy I actually love left. I'm scared of losing another guy. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and tell Blake this to keep him here. And I don't know. Well, did don't you, okay, know. so I, I listened to this Greg interview today. I did, too. Um, on my least favorite podcast, The Vial Files. <laughs> I just don't. It's just. I just don't. I used to. I like this podcast at certain times. Other times, yeah. I'm like, this guy, they need to edit. It needs to be like some sort of. No, we don't need to have five people talking in one conversation. No, I mean, no, this time it wasn't that bad. People, not a lot of people were talking, but I just feel like, I don't know why Nick is, Nick is really gunning for Greg. And not that I hate Greg, not that I think he was gaslighting Katie. I don't really know what I think of what went down between him and Katie. But for some reason, Nick is like really eager to defend him and give him like, 
the benefit of the doubt before mm-hmm. he seems like he's willing to give it to Katie. I know. Well, he met. He's Katie. like his protege. <laughs> yeah, I know. I yeah. know. But what is interesting about Nick is he's met both of them. And so it's interesting to see who he's leaning more towards. But anyways, from that conversation, Greg talked about how there was a moment with Katie where there weren't any mics or cameras. And he was like trying to tell her that he loves her and that like this is legit, et cetera, and that she didn't really have a response. And so that from that moment, he kind of had the feeling that it wasn't him, which can mm-hmm. explains why he had like his breakdown a few episodes later. So part of me feels like she would have always chose Blake, you know? Yeah. If like that's the feeling this guy was getting earlier on than was shown on our screens, then maybe that's the truth that she would have always chosen the other guy. But I don't know. But then why would she tell him like, I mean, she told him like, if you leave, I'm going to quit the show. She didn't actually quit the show. Maybe it's just insecurity. Yeah. Or like fear of rejection, like two out of her final four guys left. Yeah. And that doesn't happen a lot on these shows. And she being a student of the show knows that. Right. You forget that so, Michael A was her her top one, her top four. I think Michael was A like was at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, right. I feel like I'm leaning towards that. She would have picked Greg. Really interesting. OK. I yeah. Well, the thing is, though, like this is the first time I've watched the show, given all the bullshit that goes on the show. I usually feel like the final two have feelings that are stronger than like mm-hmm. for the lead. They might even mm-hmm. really love them, even if it's mm-hmm. only in that universe. This is the first season where I feel like no one loves each other. <laughs> like she doesn't really love any of them. They don't really love her. And so it's hard for me to have like a strong opinion about what any of the final relationships would have been. I don't know, but people keep going. Maybe I'm just crazy and I need to adjust how I view certain relationships. But like the way Greg freaked out, do you really think he didn't love her? I don't know. People keep saying that. And I, I, I feel like why? I mean, unless he really is like a sociopath whose ego was really going to like be bruised I, I with think, her, her rejecting him. I think he loved her, but they would have broken up instantly in the real world. Yeah, that would have never had like. I don't know if they don't know how to communicate or she really just was not willing to like let go of like I'm the bachelorette or she just didn't love him. I don't know. I don't know. It's don't very know. confusing. It's very interesting. It's the first season as well where the lead seems to like be breaking the fourth wall in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like they know they're the lead. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like it's supposed to be it's not supposed to really be as much of a thing as it is for her. Like, yes, you're the bachelorette. We get it. But you're also this is going to be like 10 weeks of your life, 10 weeks of fame. And then another person's coming in in a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Like this is not your role here. Isn't the end all be all. This is really what I wonder about her. How far is she going to go in the bachelor universe? I know. You know, I wonder. We see Caitlin Bristow has really held her ground. I don't even yeah. know if like Hannah Brown has really held her ground anymore. Probably not as much. Right. I think she's still the most followed on social media. Most followed. But you just don't see her doing things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, well, do Lindsay. any of these people do things, Jenna? Come on now. Except for Rachel we, Lindsay. And I will say Caitlin Bristow seems to like have an actual income. Well, and Tasha now, too. I would say Tasha as well. And Tasha. Yeah. All right. Last thing to cover in the bachelor world. Who is our future bachelor? Do you, do you hear the options? Do we think Greg, Michael A, Andrew S? Do we think it'll be someone from Paradise or do we think it'll be someone from the next Bachelorette season? Well, there are rumors. Oh, I'm going to throw one at you. Tyler Cameron. No. Tyler Cameron, like 10 days ago, was interviewed by a magazine saying his girlfriend is a soulmate. They've reportedly <gasps> broken up. What? When did they break oh, up? Something happened there at the end of The Bachelorette. Oh, so you think there is a connection? <laughs> no, that's what that's the rumor around the Internet that maybe he is next. OK, because here's OK. So to, to add on to that. I don't think it can be someone from Michelle's season because they're going to have to film The Bachelor while her season is airing. Mm-hmm. Or or like they're going to have to start filming The Bachelor come like September, October. That's when they normally start. And so her show won't have even finished airing before they start filming the next season. So I just don't think yeah. they're going to pick someone from her season. Uh-uh. So it's either going to be Paradise or it's going to be um katie season or maybe they'll go with a throwback like tyler cameron maybe they'll even go with Mm -hmm. peter krauss who knows maybe for them they're scrambling they're like what can we do to really make people come back 
They, I know in the show, and they would have to go to the most popular bachelor guy, which is Tyler. Yeah, I know. But that's just going to be like, this guy doesn't want to get married. It's not that it just makes him look like such shit. Like if he really did break up with his girlfriend and then he's going to become the bachelor. I uh, to me, it just sounds like if one day he's saying she's a soulmate, the next day they're breaking up. There was foul play for sure. Someone cheated on somebody. (laughs) Something happened. (laughs) Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I I hope they age up. I will say Claire Crawley, as crazy as she was. I always believed she wanted to get married. (laughs) I never (laughs) believed that she was like like gonna have the bachelorette engraved on her tombstone you know what i mean she doesn't yeah. like I, I like the older crazy ones i think we go back to that format well they were <laughs> looking to do a senior citizen one before covid oh jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a spinoff of the branch uh, bachelor franchise needs to save it hmm. the senior citizen <laughs> it could work it could work or they have to like somehow say to their contestants you can't have social media for three years if you want to be on our show Oh my God, maybe three years is too long, but like there needs to be something I don't want. I, I it, my the thing I hate the most is when I see someone I'm watching on the show who's also like tweeting and Instagramming. Get off Twitter and Instagram. We don't want to hear. We don't want to hear from you right now. Yeah, although Greg and like a few other people and a few people from Matt season really didn't post much while they were like the show was airing. Like people yeah. used to do much more advertising that they were on the show. So I wonder if their contracts have changed. Everyone Maybe. will post like their first, like tune in tonight. I'm going to be on the bachelorette bachelor. And then you don't really see them posting much throughout the season. That's true. The All contestants right, well. at least. All right. Any final bachelor thoughts, Jenna? <sighs> Are yeah. you going to watch bachelor in paradise? Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to. I, I want to see if a bachelor contender will come from it. Yeah, I love reality TV. I also don't want to start a new show right now. <laughs> it's nice. to. <laughs> but Bachelor in Paradise is two nights a week. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a lot of you and dad time. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we'll see. Only time will tell. All right. Our next topic. You better believe it. Okay, here we go. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. There is possibly <laughs> the biggest criminal case that we have ever seen in Housewives history across all the mm-hmm. franchises. Mm-hmm. And this involves Miss Erica Jane slash Erica Girardi. Erica married Tom Girardi when she was 27 years old. He's 32 years her senior. They had a whirlwind romance married in 2000. And they've had a relationship for the past 20 years. November 2020, Erica Jane files for divorce from Tom Girardi on the day of the election. A couple weeks later, press starts to break. News starts to come out of all these lawsuits against Tom Girardi and his firm. Tom is one of the biggest um, trial attorneys in the country. His firm solves a lot of really big cases, usually helping innocent victims sue large companies for malpractice, etc. cetera. <sighs> So the timeline is as follows. Erica's with this guy for 20, 20 years. Then she files for divorce. Then all this lawsuit information comes out. As all this stuff is coming out, as are the rumors that Erica was involved, she was in on it. Their divorce is a sham. Tom and now has dementia all of a sudden, blah, blah, blah. A lot of stuff has been coming out. And so the main question is, there's no doubt that Tom really hurt these victims. It turned out his firm was hiding huge amounts of settlement monies that were that was never making it to the victims that he was representing. Mm-hmm. So it's a real theft. These are, you know, it's a real, this is real fraud. The main question in the Housewives universe is, is Erica complicit? And how much did she know? Jana, as our psychic, as our guru, what are your thoughts? She knew! <laughs> really? I think so. Oh, I just don't know. I don't know how much she knew. I believe she had suspicions, but I don't think she was in cahoots. I really don't. I don't not saying she was in cahoots. I mean, I don't know. Like, okay, people in Hollywood, we always go, what the hell happens behind closed doors? We're dying for someone close to us, for you to work in Hollywood. So we really know. know. And these people are delusional. No offense to anyone with crystals out there. They buy crystals <laughs> to like, you know, make their spirit better. Go to therapy. 
Yeah. Crystals are not. Are, what is it going to do? It's a pseudo effect. OK, go buy, you know, a candlestick and see if it makes you feel better, too. I hear they're great. But anyways, it's she was dropping forty thousand dollars a month on Glam Squad on the television show to appear one way when someone I feel like goes out of their way that much. Are they. Are they not insane? Will they not like go along with something desperate for money? Like, you know, when you listen to those murder podcasts mm-hmm. and it's like a serial killer who like had the help of his like wife and you go, how the fuck did these two people find each other? I know. And they're both okay with what they're doing. It yeah. could be that. It could be that, or it could be that this woman, this is my version of what happened. If I had to guess, I think like the snippets of the relationship that we've gotten on the show between her and Tom, like either paint that they have an idyllic relationship and they're lovebirds or they show like Tom kind of talking down to Erica, her getting frustrated, things like that. Or there have been incidents over the years where he seems to shut her down and she seems to be nervous about how something is going to air and how it's going to affect her relationship. So watching the show, I've never she comes across as someone who doesn't have a lot of control in her relationship. So it seems plausible to me that she would suspect something's going on in her husband's law firm allegedly he's been developing showing symptoms for dementia the past few years. So she might be suspicious of his mental health. Right. I I can imagine that this woman had an inkling that something was going on, but she didn't know the details of it. And that she has such a disassociation from reality. She never thought to question things and she just kind of goes along with it all. I really don't think she's the mastermind behind anything though. Like mom, our legal, our legal advisor was, was saying (laughs) that like Tom's criminality is directly tied to her and that he's trying to maintain her lifestyle. And I was like, yeah, trying to maintain her lifestyle. But this is also a guy who's been divorced twice before Mm -hmm. he, you know, he became really famous for the Aaron Brockovich case was doing a lot of press, had a movie made about him. I'm sure he, there were aspects of him where he loved having positions of power. He loved being out there, spending a lot of money. So to me, I, I look at him as the evil villain. I don't think she's I don't think she's like the the evil mastermind here. But I do believe oh, she I, I don't think she is. Yeah. Yeah. He's the villain. Yeah. I believe she knew. I just don't know how much she knew. Hmm. Yeah. Well, OK, here's here's a question for you, though. Whether she knows or whether she didn't know, what does this mean in the larger sphere of bravo i guess does does the fact that bravo filmed her as all these atrocities were coming out and is airing it all now does it feel exploitative do you feel like it makes bravo look bad do you think it's just genius on their part to air something that everybody's going to be tuning into i mean it's obviously genius right like andy cohen is really killing it over there yeah the new chris harrison i know (laughs) except gay and fabulous and we support him (laughs) (laughs) but i mean they clearly there is clearly like an ethical problem here at bravo right like they're not doing this in hopes of like bringing down the Girardis in some way like they're going to provide some proof although it is Mm -hmm. very like this could all be used in court right yeah and she it's but it's so convenient for her she's painting a very very clear like she's definitely painting some kind of picture Mm mm-hmm yes and, yeah like what it's all on her that? terms and we know that i mean so when i go like it's on you know she's on this show she's putting out a narrative from her point of view mm-hmm. tom is this tom is that we're suddenly hearing tom is dementia tom cheated on me when like the beginning of the show this season she was going it was so great to be at home with tom yes. it was so wonderful so everything is on her terms on her narrative and so where was it going with this it's hard it's to not say. Good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not. Uh, so given that, you know, someone who's going out of their way to really be this honest about a huge legal case happening throughout the country, like how are they trustworthy? I know. And it's a fair point. She's so aware that she's being recorded and that every word is going to be ter- ter- like torn apart. And yet there are still holes in her story. Like she should know less is more. You know what I mean? But every day yeah. there seems to be a new story about her, th- her history with Tom. And it kind of just makes you roll your eyes a little bit and go, is that really true? Mm-hmm. What's really going on here? You know? Yeah. But it's, she knows she's being filmed. She allegedly had a fight with producers that they taped, but never aired where she told the producers, like, I know you guys want to hear about this, but I'm going to tell it the way I want to tell it. 
So she like understands that this is part of the role of her being a housewife. And she understands that this is probably her only source of income right now. And if she wants to mm-hmm. be on the next season, she needs to deliver. Right. Yeah. That's why the meta aspect of the housewives is so fascinating. It's like, it's so weird to have a reality show where your contracts are renewable and like you're in one day and you're out the next, like with the, what's great about the housewives is they're not afraid to chop people. Like Dorinda yeah. Medley was, a was, it's probably the most likable housewife on New York and they got rid of her. Yeah. Like everyone is expendable in this universe and you're constantly trying to maintain your place, no matter what you have to do, what you have to say, what you have to expose, you know? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I go like, does Erica think she's giving a season long testimony? Does she think this is going to help her in court that they're actually going to believe her aside from like any evidence they might find? They go, well, we have this whole show Mm -hmm. and we know you said this, Erica, so you're scotch free. Don't worry. I mean, I bet you, though, they're paying prosecutors are paying close attention to everything she's saying. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, for her, the biggest question is, I don't think she'll ever be tried criminally because she's not on his she's not a member of his law firm but they can come after her assets. I think for her right now, it's all about what assets can I maintain and what can be taken away from me? Well, maybe that's why she made the move in the beginning. She's like, I left that house with everything but a chair. Yeah. She took like one chair, like a couple pieces of furniture. Like, so is it's, are they, is the court going to come and like get a couch from Wayfair from her or whatever, wherever, you know what I mean? Oh, you think she buys her furniture from Wayfair? You know, (laughs) there's a good chance she does (laughs) it. But on the off chance, like she probably knows, like, what are the things I can get away with that they're not going to take from me? And I have to just get used to the idea that I have to leave everything behind. Yeah. Like she was probably like training herself in a way, which is smart of her. It's survival yeah. instinct. I know. But you know how you know she's not a good person? Hmm. She is playing like the way she's choosing to play all this is very interesting. She has never once said what Tom did is awful. There's never been a mention of the victim well, because she's or not, the crimes. She doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, she don't want to admit she it. She like, it on camera. That means what? Does she? Does she know? Yeah, but she also like. It's all. Her, it, it has to be alleged. The narrative is that it has to be alleged. But this is what Tom did to me. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I just think about these victims. Like Erica's first season on The Real Housewives. There's like a snippet of her saying, "You know, being poor is like." okay, but being better is a, is being rich is just a whole lot better. Like this was con this has been her persona. And there are Mm -hmm. people that who she's rich because her husband was scamming these people. Yeah. That her wealth is based off of the suffering of others, literally, you know, and fast forward to today, there's never a mention of like, this is awful. And gosh, this is so troublesome. And so, you know what I mean? Well, so then see, maybe she knows more than she's letting on because she, if she knows that she goes, this is awful. Is that an admission of something yeah. that she knows that Tom actually did do it. Cause it's all alleged right now. Right. Mm-hmm. She's Good not point. stupid. She's not. I, I mean, she, we have she to knows tell, how we have to, to play give the her game for that. She yeah. knows. She, yeah. She knows what she's doing. Do you think, would you, would you fault Bravo for letting her continue as a housewife? Well, that's, it goes back to that, you know, where I, where I got lost in my thought Bravo has an ethic problem, right? Like yeah. you like, We've talked about it with Potomac. Like, why do they keep letting Michael on when he's allegedly like roped a bunch of people? Right. Well, the governor resigned today, like because of like all the groping he's done. It's crazy. Like I knew the Cuomo thing was coming, but I'm still shocked it happened. I really am very surprised. God, but that the Cuomo stuff, too, just as a as a side note, it's apparently his whole administration, the higher level, higher officials in his administration, like everyone was involved in behaving and covering it up. Oh, I think I think I got I listened to a podcast. It was the Daily, I think, or Vox. But mm-hmm. um, they were talking about I don't know if the higher like there were multiple higher level officials in his administration, who I think were covering it up or also engaged in kind of inappropriate activity. It was like a culture basically in his administration. Oh my God. See, that's the thing. So it's we always, you know, we hear these stories. We go, how do groups of people like this come together? Yep. And it's a whole entire administration, serial color, uh, killer couples, kidnappers. Why <laughs> would serial killer couples do you know? No, but you know what I mean? Like, there's always yeah. like we, we, we listen to so many crime podcasts and things like that. Like, yeah, 
why like think of Ted Bundy, that woman married him while he was in jail. So she couldn't testify against him. And because yeah. he was so charming, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. So but why, you know what? why wouldn't it, Erica be like, have some, like, why wouldn't she know? And why wouldn't she be okay with it? I it's never think, I don't think it's people who are awful just happen to find each other. I think like the Cuomo example, once you get away with something once, you feel like you're going to get away with it forever. There are probably a couple people who saw him behaving inappropriately, who got nervous, were like, oh my God, what should we do? This is going to become a problem. And then it never became a problem. The more you get away with it, the more your attitude towards things change, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, the question is, you know, should I do something good for the sake of doing something good? Or should I do something good just so I don't get punished, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for them, it's like, are they bad people? Are they just incredibly like selfish and they just get away with shit. You get what I'm trying to say? It's Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. The Bravo thing is interesting. Have you noticed on this season of Potomac that Michael doesn't has like not interacted with any of the other cast members. I bet you they don't want to film with him anymore. But then why it's, it's so messed up to me if that was happening as like a cast member as a cast, wouldn't you guys band together and refuse to film with both of them? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good. It's, it's a good so, question. It's so weird. It's so weird to me. Yeah. Well, what do you think of the the documentary that kind of spurred this whole discussion, The Housewife and the Hustlers on Hulu? Did mm-hmm. you like it? It was okay. It was a little boring, honestly. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a A plus documentary. Yeah, it's not like riveting the entire time. Yeah, but it does help you understand, like, because this is a housewife thing. Like if Tom Girardi wasn't associated with the housewife, this still all would have blown up because he's a household name and this would have had, you know, take had its own life in the media. But I think more people would have paid attention to it. The fact that there's a housewife associated with it kind of gives it a whole like circus effect where you don't really know yeah. what's going on and you just want to watch the show. When you watch the documentary, and you, though, and you see how evil this stuff was and how they were mm-hmm. really scamming people, you're like, holy shit, this goes way beyond just like the circus of housewife drama at Bravo TV. Like this is real criminal behavior. This guy's a bad person. Yeah. You know, but I don't, it's just also weird to me. Like even like this documentary, this news came out in November. Right. Yeah. And they jumped and made a documentary. Like all of Hollywood is really, really messed up. Oh yeah. Like, it's all, it, it is all about like, you know, just like how Erica's putting on the show because she knows she has to, and it's like her defense and like she, it's her only source of income. Mm-hmm. Like, so is ho- like Hollywood is equally partaking in it. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's all about benefiting off of people's suffering. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's from people you wouldn't expect, like, um, have you, you know, Matt Damon has a new movie out yeah. called Stillwater. Yeah. And so the character in that movie, his daughter is imprisoned because she's believed to be responsible for the death of her roommate. Mm-hmm. Circle back to real life. Uh, you, you've probably heard Amanda Knox. I don't know if you remember yeah. the Amanda Knox story, but like she yeah. went to jail because her roommate got killed and she mm-hmm. was accused of it, et cetera. So this story, the Matt Damon movie, very similarly reflects the actual Amanda Knox story, but she was never <sighs> contacted yeah. She was like, it's not her story to tell, even though there have been yeah. like multiple movies about it. There's but not this this huge is after the project. This is yes, but this is the after fact, the fact. Though. But the person making Stillwater is Tom McCarthy, who did Spotlight. And he did such a beautiful job showing the destruction happening because of the, the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. It's like disappointing that someone you hold in high regard kind of like tramples over a real woman's tragedy to make like a dramatic movie is what I'm trying well, to say. Do it's we like know that everyone though? in he Hollywood might be telling, is like, he might be telling an important story because Amanda Knox got away with it. Right. But there's always been a question. Of no, but Amanda Knox did didn't kill anyone. I thought, no, 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 she she didn't. She didn't kill anyone. But wasn't it always a question? I know she was never convicted, but wasn't it always. a No, question she was. Like, oh, she was she convicted. Her roommate died. It was this other guy. I can't remember if it was a burglary or something. But um, she got imprisoned because she was like alleged to have said one day that she despised her roommate or something. So her and her boyfriend got all wrapped up in it by Italian prosecutors. This all happened Mm -hmm. while she was living abroad. She was put in jail. And so now everyone who hears her name thinks she killed someone. I thought it, too, until I read more about her story. And I was like, oh, I must have been thinking of someone else or something else. Yeah. So it's like she's had this girl's name 
for years. Like she will always be associated with a murder she didn't commit. Yeah. And she's had movies made about her before that she's never been involved with. And now like a huge Hollywood movie comes out again, that's really replicates her real life story. And again, she wasn't involved with it, but it's surprising because like, it's a filmmaker we would respect. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, like you're saying, Hollywood is really more of the story, a place where it's just like, if a story is good, tell it no matter who it's going to harm. Right. Yeah. Now her name is getting dragged. I guess you mean like in the media again, like it's coming up again. It's all going to be fresh for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And she had nothing to do with the making of the movie. Like if Bravo had a moral compass, they would hire, they would have fired Erica immediately. They would have fired Mm -hmm. Michael from Potomac immediately. This kind of stuff would not continue, but it does. And we watch these shows. So is it our fault? How, 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 what kind of responsibility do we have? It's hard. It's It's a very hard question. I don't know. As if you were me not watching the show, is it going to impact anything? But it all it takes is one, right? Like if we all band together, maybe it will. The ratings plummet. I, I don't know. I know you don't know, Jenna. It's a very hard question because yeah, okay. here we are talking about it and we listen to podcasts about it and we enjoy yeah. it and we rewatch episodes. Exactly. It's a guilty we, pleasure. Mm-hmm. I certainly feel guilty about it sometimes, though. You know, we also I was getting to that so- point with the with the bachelor. Yeah. I'm not there like- yet with Bravo. Reality television is always going to have a shelf life because the longer you keep these people around, the more likely they are to do unethical shit that you just at some point can't support, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'll tell you having a storyline, right? Yeah. As much as I love the housewives, I want to see how the rest of the Erica Jane stuff plays out. I want to see if the cast is going to turn on her and most importantly, the reunion. Mm -hmm. If it seems like we're all just going to pretend that she's completely innocent and she'll be back next season, I'll definitely rethink watching the following season. It's like that documentary, I will say, is the first thing that made me feel like I don't want to watch this show anymore. Yeah. Like these people are disgusting. Well, we loved her when she first came on. I know. Yeah. Oh, God. Where were you no, when no, you no. first started watching Beverly Hills before I watched it? You were like, this is a whole different ballgame. The wealth yeah. here is really unreal. It's a yes. sight to see. Yeah. Oh, I gosh. Any, anything else, Shana? Any Any final thoughts on this? No, you it's what what I love about doing this podcast is thought and I would have talked about this for like probably five minutes. She would have gone. Did you hear about the Erica stuff this week? I would have gone. Yeah, it's crazy. And that probably would have been it. But here we are. I think we're having a relatively interesting conversation for almost an hour. I know. I know. Listen, reality. She didn't want to do this episode this week. I know. (laughs) Reality television, like it or not, whether you watch it or not, reflects where we are in society. That's why it's more interesting than movies and TV, because it's happening in real time and it's quick enough to grab all the changes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like the Bravo editors were able to capture this like period of time in Erica's life and were able to like are able to edit it week by week based on like their public response. And mm-hmm. should they show her in a positive light? Should they show her in a negative light? The way that reality television adju- adapts to the time period it's, you know, being presented in is always amazing to me and kind of the reflection for society it is. And each of these shows is like a social experiment. You put all these women together who are all older. They're usually like forties to fifties. See how they behave. What other show has women who are in their forties or forties, fifties interacting like this? Golden Girls. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, okay, but it is, yeah, sure. It's a reflection of reality, but don't forget that it's also heavily edited to fit a narrative, a storyline, yeah. right? Edited television. Edited television, you're right. You're right. But all television is edited. Everything we see is edited. Social media is edited. Twitter is edited. So like what Greg was saying, you just want something real. <laughs> I just want something real. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I'll oh tell you goodness. what, though, you never you, you know, uh, we wouldn't know one another truly unless we had a camera on us all the time. Yeah. And by that, I mean, like, imagine if someone put a camera in this house, they were filming our family all the time. I'm sure we would see different sides to each other, even though we think we know everything about each other. <laughs> Nothing mm-hmm. could surprise us. And so on that note, I really think we should start a show. I think we should contact <laughs> someone. We should really start something here. There's good material. 
Layla and I just fought today. You wouldn't and even now know. Now you guys are talking again. <laughs> the text. I can feel a little like, tension in the room. Oh yeah, I sent her like this long message about why I was upset, and then I sent her another message right after, going, "I wish I didn't send any of that. I just don't care enough to fight about this." <laughs> so why go. do you keep fighting with her? Honestly, she's thank leaving you. in thank you, five doctor. days. I don't know. I can't even help myself. She makes you me feel like a crazy are living person. in your own reality. She's gaslighting you. <laughs> no, she told me I was gaslighting her today. And I was like, we need to stop using this term. No one seems to understand what it means. It's too much. <laughs> Not everything well, is gaslighting someone. At the most basic like textbook level is gaslighting is when someone makes you feel crazy. Right. For in some yes. way, like there was it's based on that play from the 1940s, late 1930s about this husband. Yeah was trying to steal from his wife and kept like doing things in their apartment to make her think she's going crazy. And it was called gaslight. Great. (laughs) That's great. Okay. Listen, but we need to, I'll use Greg and Katie as an example. He wasn't gaslighting her. He was just being kind of a dick. He came across as very immature, right? Like he's never had an argument with someone in his life, but him telling her, I need to know what you're feeling. And I need to understand this is real. is not Mm -hmm. gaslighting. Like if someone does something, if someone has an action and you have an equal and opposite reaction, hello, this is physics. Okay. If you have a reaction to something, you're not gaslighting them. Like later, I know not every time, like you have a reaction. I'm like, is someone going to tell me I'm gaslighting? I'm not allowed to like have a reaction to something. I don't understand. If you say something rude and I say, Hey, that's not cool. And then I say something rude in response. Am I gaslighting (laughs) or am I just having a reaction? No, no. No. It's like no one can even fight anymore. (laughs) We have to be fucking perfect. We need to be able to fight. We really do. Really do. I feel like we got a lot out in this episode. It was good. Next week, we're going to be back with something fun. It's going to be every time I say, hey, next week we're doing this. Apparently, Sada cuts it out (laughs) and I had no idea. Every week I was going, hey, guys, every time for this episode next week. But so I get nervous sometimes because we change our mind and we're going to do a deep dive into Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, Squad, DC, my personal thoughts and feelings on the whole franchise. We're going to understand what Jen is feeling. We're going to understand what she's (laughs) thinking. We're going to understand what she wants, what her hopes and dreams are, as well as ranking probably our top five entries in the DC universe, which, by the way, I was making a list of all the movies that have come out. Not a lot. No, there's a surprising amount. I just don't, I think we blocked them from our memory, but we'll just give a quick ranking and see well, where we so end up. We need, we need to decide before I prep for this. Does does the Batman trilogy fall into this? Am I allowed it to refer not, to it? The Dark Knight trilogy is not part of the DC EU. Well, then the I, DC extended I haven't even seen five D- movies from the DC I know, I'll extended send you universe. a list. You rank as many as you're comfortable with, but then we're going to surprise each other. So you can't tell me what your rankings are. I I won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, All the right. Suicide Squad. I'm actually I've watched it once. And I'm watched it. I'm I might watch it a second time because I don't feel like I was taking it all in the first time. But um, it is Lando? certainly different from the 2016 movie. Mm-hmm. Were you thinking about Lando? <laughs> what? What had your mind? Was it? Was Lando? I thinking? Was I thinking about <laughs> Layla? No. there's just a lot going on you know yeah oh boy all right so thank you so much for this conversation about reality tv you always stimulate my brain jenna every conversation i walk away feeling more confused more enlightened (laughs) (laughs) not even knowing how i feel it's it's how i feel every day (laughs) it's just what an existence with you is like to end the today's episode, we feel reality TV is at a breaking point. I feel like we've said this multiple times. We're like, I'm concerned. at a breaking point. <laughs> yeah, Shadow's at a breaking point. And next week, we will hit our collective breaking points, trying to analyze the DC extended universe. Oh, God. Mazel tov. Oh, I guess uh, Wonder Woman would count. Wonder Woman will count. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. All right. Interesting. All right, guys. Thank you for right, listening. Uh, we still haven't come up with a new name. Sada introduced this podcast as uh, it's a wonderful movie and other things. <laughs> How do we Maybe feel? we'll just go with that. I kind of like it. How you feel? We also haven't made new artwork. 
My co-host is slacking. I do all the work for this podcast. I come up with all the questions. I'm sorry. I came home today and I was putting together like a potential seating chart and doing stuff for the wedding. We sent out our save the dates today. So it's (gasps) coming real. Great. I didn't send you one because you're not invited. I'm going to say, I want to save the day. What the fuck? Okay, I'll send it to you. I'll send it on the family group chat. No, don't actually. Let's not start the issues. <laughs> because I'll be like, is this for sure? Is this happening? Is this no, coming? yeah. I told mom I was sending them out. They Did know. I tell you the other day, dad looked at me and he said, so this wedding, huh? This seems to, <laughs> seems like they're really going to get together, huh? It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> mom, mom called me after I passed the CFA exam and she goes, your dad just realized you're actually getting married. It seems he, I'm telling you, Jenna, he's been freaking out about it. <laughs> Why? Because he was telling me the other night, he's like, so she's not going to have my last name anymore. She's not going to be my daughter. I was like, Dad. oh, my God. Did you know about this fight that happened when you we guys got into an Florida? argument? Apparently, it's a, it's an interesting Ahmed topic. Brought I it up. Sides. Ahmed, Ahmed brought it up. He just asked the question, our cousin Ahmed. And it, dad blew up when I told him yes. And then Fida and Amu'ali completely supported me. And they're like, Khal, you're wrong. You're wrong about this. Yeah, good. You know what he told Amali me? Ali was like, it's easier for them. Anytime they want to move, do something like they have the same last name. It's just easier. I was like, yeah. Okay. I didn't know Listen, that. to be honest with you, I see both sides because my mom has said before that she wished she didn't change her name. And dad has mm-hmm. said that he feels bad for pressuring her to do so. And then dad the other day was like, I just don't, I don't have any sons. What's going to happen? I don't want you guys to feel ashamed to have my name. I was like, dad. I love shame. our last name, but this is something I always wanted to do. I know. I told him, I was like, listen, let her, let her, you know, she's, she's going to be, get married once we'll get divorced. Once, she'll get- <laughs> I'll change it back. Eventually <laughs> we go through highs. We go through lows. Oh boy. I want my husband to take my name. <laughs> That's going to be love. Jake of a <laughs> Jake, Jake, who you mean? Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't shower. I don't know. Oh my God. Absolutely not. You know what? I have to tell you, I fully moved on from that, especially reading that someone doesn't shower. It really, you just go, you know what? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I just, I can't. I don't I'm know. Okay. Why Thankfully, some, some actors have come out in support of bathing. Dwayne, mm-hmm. the rock Johnson, Jason mm-hmm. Momoa. There are people out there. Jason Momoa strikes you as someone who doesn't shower often, but apparently he does. He bathes regularly. Which... Well, when you're that big and like, yeah, <laughs> not he's not like fat, but you know, like he's a There's strong a dude. On. He's probably sweaty. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyways, so uh, thanks for listening. Um, it's been great chatting with you guys, and yeah. uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe our to our podcast. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon, Jenny. <laughs> Bye.